Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. Uh, I love to try to get the best guests for you. So if you're an app entrepreneur and you're listening to this, uh, even if you're hey, you're working in a you know, corporate job and you're doing this as a side project, then uh, I do help by getting some of the best guests from around the world and interviewing them and, and trying to figure out uh, this whole crazy world of being an app entrepreneur. And I have like, a terrific guest. Uh, I mean, so, someone who's really going to help us out with um, actually what a lot of people see as the most important part of being an app entrepreneur, which is getting out of it and an exit strategy. And uh, let me introduce uh, Tess Suchov, who is the head of marketplace uh, at Aptopia. And uh, she is going to talk to us about how to have a, a great exit on our apps. So Tess, it's a warm welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you for having me. Perhaps you could just uh, t- tell us then what uh, Aptopia is and how can it help us app entrepreneurs? Sure. So um, Aptopia, actually, uh, we had touched on the marketplace because that's the section that I particularly uh, am in charge of. However, Aptopia in general uh, is a company that offers a variety of services and products to help um, the app entrepreneur uh understand and better their experience with the apps uh, that they're creating and, of course, the exit strategy as we were discussing. Um, So the marketplace, to start, is the place that we um, have the exchange, which is the buying and selling of the full and exclusive rights to apps, so all the intellectual property, um, and is essentially the exit strategy for any app entrepreneur um, once they either are done with the project and they want to move on to the next thing, they're looking for some sort of um, increase of cash flow for that particular moment. Um, they're trying to clean up their portfolio. Any of these sorts of reasons are variety, are a few of the ones that I've gotten in the past for why uh, sellers come to us um, for an exit strategy. We were originally started for that reason, actually, because our CEO, Ellie Ron Sapir, created the first um, app to uh, redirect your Gmail to your Apple, uh, your Apple iPhone. So you um, were able to then sort of do that cross-platform work with Gmail. Uh, he then finished that project and wanted to move on to the next thing in his life, and he wanted an exit strategy uh, to do so. But when he started looking around, the only things out there were tech brokers that weren't necessarily so into apps yet because this was, oh, 2009, 2010. So the app store had been open maybe two years by that, at that point. And, uh, he, or putting it on eBay. And of course we, we can only imagine what would be (laughs) happening of selling intellectual property on eBay. So, uh, he came up with this idea. He then met up with, um, our COO and co-founder, Jonathan Kay, and they began the Aptopia marketplace, um, which has since grown into not only the marketplace, but also, um, Aptopia analytics, which essentially is an app for developers to be able to track their own internal analytics. So your revenues, your downloads, being able to see what particular campaigns you're running are successful or not based on your own internal numbers. Um, And we show it in a very easy and user-friendly way. 
both as a web app and as um, an app for either iOS or Android. Um, that's called, the, the app is called Aptopia Dashboard. And then we also have a data product called Aptopia Insights, which essentially uh, we like to call it a spy tool of sorts, which uh, helps user, users being uh, publishers, SDK companies or service providers of apps, uh, mobile apps specifically, um, or investors within the mobile app world. And you can see predictions of um, what your competition is getting in downloads and revenue, what, uh, how much you're going to have to invest in order to get a certain rank, and then how much organic growth you can expect after that, um, things of that nature in order to get you uh, to be able to make data-driven decisions within your app business. Because today, everyone is just taking a stab in the dark, and it's very difficult to then have anything be successful based on numbers other than just hoping that you become the next Flappy Bird. This is wonderful. And in, in full disclosure, I have come across Aptopia a few years ago. In fact, I think it was 2011 before I even heard of you guys. I know you were already out there, maybe. Uh, I actually had a stab at, because um, uh, I used to use Flipper quite a bit, and I realized that, hey, that this, this is not good enough for apps. And so I, I tried setting up this thing called uh, Twist Mob, which was a clever play on Flipper, and uh, uh, managed to try to uh, create a marketplace uh, for buying and selling apps, uh, and then gave that up after about two or three months. Uh, the money uh, that I had, investment money, it ran dry, and uh, I just couldn't keep up with the the, the, you know, the, this cost of uh, setting up a, a proper platform. So I gave it up. I knew it was going to be a good idea. And then I found Aptopia and I thought, oh, those guys are doing it much, much better than I could ever do it. So, uh, um, yeah, congratulations on, you know, growing it so, so successfully and uh, helping so many app entrepreneurs out in, in, in what you do. Um, you, you must have some, like, really cool success stories, you know, like, um, I mean, you mentioned one or two of them, but... Uh, have you had any like big exits that you could talk about? Well, apps on our site have sold from anywhere between the minimum, which is $500, to I believe our highest has been $250,000 for an exit, um, which I know that when you hear about the WhatsApps that are going for $19 billion seems like a very small exit, but you have to also keep in mind the saturation that's out there and the volatility of the app market. Um, some apps that are doing well one day will have nobody playing it the next for whatever reason. Yeah, well, we've had entrepreneurs on this show who have uh, had 250,000 downloads per day, uh, and then it just dries up a month later because Apple exactly. stopped promoting them. And, uh, and you know, this is a very genuine podcast. This is the reason I set this up was to try and uh, paint a realistic picture to uh, all those uh, entrepreneurs out there who read the news and get these updates about WhatsApp. And, and you know, the, the, at the end of the day with apps, we, we can't just sit around and wait for Google or Facebook uh, or Apple or whoever to, to give us a call and say, hey, I would love to buy you out for 19 billion. It's just not <laughs> going to happen, unfortunately, for, you know, the average uh, app entrepreneur. Uh, and so we do need to have these resources like Aptopia. Exactly, exactly. So we um, have had a few that are definitely in the uh, six figures and uh, were very uh, lucrative finds. Um, and 
One funny example that uh, seems to be everyone's favorite whenever I bring it up was a game um, that was called Spermie's Journey. <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> uh, and it's, for all intents and purposes, it's a endless runner game. Um, and you can figure out exactly what it does simply by the title. Um, uh, well, and I, I'm going to put a link to that because um, I'm guessing it's still out there on the App Store. It uh, definitely is. I know it is because I, I spoke about this uh, two months ago at a um, college uh, business fair. And had brought it up, and everybody whipped out their phones immediately and started downloading. <laughs> okay, so here, here's the thing. If anyone wants to download that game, uh, I'm going to put a link. Just go to theappguy.co, and it's episode 286, uh, and you'll get a link to th- that. Uh, it's a Burmese journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it closed at 100K, so definitely not something to scoff at, um, especially considering that in today's app market, what we can – um, pretty much say an app is valued at is approximately between 8 and 12 months of revenue. Um, this is because uh, as far as a buyer is concerned, they want to try to make sure that they get a return on their investment and they're not necessarily certain with the volatility of the market it, how well they're going to do with that. So if you're making $1,000 a month as somebody who is uh, valuing apps regularly, I could say that if you, that is has been consistent for the last six months, you could probably say that you could get between twelve and fifteen thousand dollars for your app uh, on the marketplace. Things of that nature, and I, I know that that's oversimplifying the valuation process that we do right now. But for the sake of this uh, of this podcast, I'm just giving you a the. The tip of the iceberg. So, yeah, Tess, I was, I was actually thinking because we have had investors on this show who, uh, you know, we've got their perspective of how they make an investment before uh, providing seed money. And, you know, they take into account a, a lot of other things. Uh, I mean, clearly there's some kind of guidance on potential revenue. Uh, but I'm guessing that the sellers that you have want to see revenue. They don't really particularly care about the fact that you've got a million downloads because we know that those million downloads you know, could easily evaporate and uh, nobody's going to end up using it, you know, in three months time. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, there's a consistency of revenue that you're selling. Consistency of downloads is also good because if, if you have consistently um, a thousand downloads a day and you've had this for three months, the likelihood of that stopping um, at a drastic point is, less than likely. Um, so you can sort of gauge based off of the potential number of users that you're going to be getting um, and the effective price per user at that point. Uh, when you're thinking about that, though, then it's a lot harder to put necessarily a number to it because while developers are great at developing and great at creating and publishing apps, they don't always necessarily know how to monetize correctly. Um, and that's where uh, one of our particular buying audiences happens to be uh, people who are looking to get into the app world because it seems to be so lucrative and so exciting, but they don't know how to build an app. So they come and they find these apps that have fantastic potential, have consistent downloads, um, maybe are not necessarily being monetized correctly, and then 
uh, make offers for the app, for the intellectual property, for the code, for everything that is included in this, um, and then take it, apply the correct monetization strategies, whether that be having a paid version as well as a free version, having in-app purchases, um, having uh, different ad platforms used, and then they're able to have a more successful experience with it. Yeah, I'm almost thinking like, so if I'm listening to this right now, I'm an app entrepreneur and I've, I've put a lot of effort into my app. It's, it's earning a consistent amount of revenue, say, but I just don't want to be bothered with Apple's latest update and having to redo all the app and, and make all those tweaks. Maybe I just want to cash out now because I've got like a, tens of projects on the go and uh, and I need to, you know, get get some early money for for these projects. Then I could come to Aptopia and I could then sell sell up front, get some cash, and they, that could uh, then fund um, future projects. And uh, it seems like exactly. a, a sensible way forward. That happens a lot, actually. And in fact, um, a variety of different development uh, studios have sold apps on our site, and then they'll be hired back by the people who buy them saying, we'll hire you and pay you to do our updates, but then you're making money doing the updates on something you already built, so you already know it backwards and forwards. Um, so that's another way to bring in revenue for oh, you again. Oh, so, so they, you actually have people that, maybe that's in, in the, the contract when selling, that you, you have to commit to continuous updates. So you don't, that's actually not part of Aptopia's uh, standard purchase and sales agreement. However, we've had experiences where sellers are then asked by the buyers to be hired back separately from this. Yeah, yeah, because we know that when you're developing an app, I mean, it's uh, very unique to sometimes the developer, you know, they, they unless they, they leave very specific instructions on how they did the particular code, then uh, you know, someone else is going to come in and think, what is this? I've got no idea how to update this or change this feature. It's all completely alien to me. Uh, and then, you know, they're, they're having to start from scratch or it makes sense to bring in the original developer and just um, give them some extra money to continue developing the app. Yeah, and, and having them as consultants or as uh, hired developers outside of the acquisition itself. So, so here's another idea, because I, I may actually have people listening to this who do have um, a desire to get into app development, uh, become an app entrepreneur, but they don't want to be bothered with all the coding. And uh, is it fair to say that you're finding buyers who are uh, building up audiences with their apps and then cross-promoting those to the other apps that they're buying rather than trying to uh, get new installs from ad networks and paying large sums of money to Twitter. And, oh, yeah. yeah. That's actually one of I mean, you think about the Zingas and the Kings of the world. They're constantly advertising internally and putting their newest app in. Um, I'm sure that you saw... Um, for anyone who plays Candy Crush, anyone who was playing the original Candy Crush, then we're getting the Candy Crush so Soda Saga um, advertisements in the original Candy Crush to try to convert those users to this version 2.0. Tess, Tess, I have to confess that I, I am very proud to say that I've never played Candy Crush. <laughs> because I know that uh, I've got a podcast to create and if I start playing Candy Crush, it's, it's just going to become too addictive. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. I, and by it's terrible, I mean it's addictive. <laughs> um, I, I not know, the sentiments I, 
I, I, I heard like, well, my mother-in-law just goes off and, and you know you won't see her for 20 minutes and, and she'll, oh, yeah, yeah just like playing exactly. candy crush and... in the industry we call them waiting games in the sense that you can pick them up wherever you are uh, if you're on the train if you're waiting in line at the post office whatever it is you just pick it up you start it or if you're just sitting around and not doing anything you pick it up and you start it so um, that's ultimately your goal within any sort of game app, obviously, or any sort of um, app that would be used regularly in that regard. So uh, you want people to spend more time in your app. Obviously, there are specific apps that are towards a specific action, i.e. using a flashlight app. Obviously, you're not just going to be turning your flashlight on and off. But... um, for the apps that are not utility or, pro- or productivity apps um, of those particular categories, if you go into all of the game categories, um, the ones that are most successful are the ones that have the most uh, user time spent in the app because those are the ones driving revenue based off of advertisements or in-app purchases. Oh, let me just repeat that then. So the, the apps that are most successful are the ones that tend to be the, uh, they have the most users uh, spending time within the app. Yes, because those are the ones that um, you could have a million downloads, but if everyone plays it once and is done, that's not going to get you any money. If you're having, if you have 10,000 regular users and they're spending three hours a day, I'm making these numbers up, but you're spending three hours a day and you're getting approximately one advertisement per oh, three, every three minutes, just think about the amount of clicks or and uh, the amount of money based off of your advertising networks and how much you'd be making there. Uh, or, again, in-app purchases. Look at the Kim Kardashian app where they you have to actually pay to continue playing at different points um, because you they're, the way that they've set it up pretty much keeps it so that you really have to either wait long stretches of time in order to regain coins or whatever monetary use that they use in it. Um, Or you pay for more of it so you can continue playing. Very clever. There's two things we need to do, Tess, before I say goodbye to you. One is that we love to try to explore new ideas and uh, try to figure out you know, potential pain points or or things that that you may have been thinking about that could be good ideas for an app. Now, you're seeing lots of apps come through your uh, marketplace. Uh, I wondered if you, as, you know, the head of the marketplace, if you've had any ideas on on particular trends, what what, what would be a good idea to start working on for an app? Um... Or it might be sort of maybe even more appropriate to ask you, you know, what what sort of apps are selling the most at the moment? Sure. Uh, So a lot of people tend to go for um, games. Games is probably the number one uh, category on our marketplace, uh, simply because they're also the easiest to uh, recreate, reskin, make multiple of them and just have variety uh, within a portfolio. So that's one uh, way to look at it. Casino apps also, which is obviously a subcategory as well. Um, Going back to what we were discussing about the amount of time spent, 
if you go to any casino, you see the people who just are sitting there for hours um, on these on at an actual casino. And if you have it at the at your fingertips on your phone, the number of people that are actively part of these is just excruciatingly large. <laughs> um, there's so many people in them. Um, so those those tend to be. Um, high return when you actually uh, create a well-designed, great interface um, app that then someone is going to enjoy using, um, want to keep going back, and uh, that it is, a, in a sense, an addictive nature to it, um, just because it's fun and you see the flashing lights and it's, it's that excitement that comes with it, too. Um, you, you'd never think you'd get that from your phone, but you do. Um, Tess, I was just thinking, you know, your position, it must be just so exciting. So incredibly great to be at the forefront of, you know, just seeing all these entrepreneurs selling apps and building apps and, and, and the marketplace and just give us an idea of what it's like to do your role. For sure. So um, I've been with Aptopia for two years now. Um, I've been in a variety of other roles, and this has obviously been the culmination of uh, of that. And I love being able to um, help sellers get the best deals that they can for their apps and trying to explain um, sort of maybe they won't get exactly the price point that they were wanting. They're not going to get that $19 billion acquisition, but you can still get a very lucrative amount of money for your exit strategy and acquisition of your app um, and helping them be able to be successful with that while also helping buyers find these amazing apps that are on our marketplace, help them find which ones are going to fit their needs and requirements um, and ultimately getting them the deal that they uh, want and need to be able to be successful themselves. So it's great being both um, a helper to get someone um, out of the project they are in, as well as starting someone on a new project. It's this great middle ground. Yeah, And do you actually meet the buyers? Do you, do you personally meet these people? I don't personally meet them in person. I have definitely had long conversations with them on the phone. I've gone ahead and gone through many email exchanges. Um, I was just wondering who they are, like what, who's buying apps? Because, uh, I mean, that's clearly obviously a, a very relevant thing, you know, to have in our minds uh, the types of people that are actually buying the apps. Certainly. So there's a variety of different uh, audiences within our buying umbrella. So there's obviously the um, smaller indie studios who simply want to have a quick and easy way to build up their portfolio to have many apps at once. Um, so that's one aspect of it. You'll have the mid-size uh, studios that often are looking to sort of buy up as much of the market as they can. Um, I have one recently. Uh, I'll I'll not say their names, but uh, they've been buying up uh, keyboard apps like crazy because iOS recently uh, allowed for uh, Apple. Um, keyboards for the iOS platform to be ex- interchangeable now. Android has had it for a while. iOS finally got on the board with that. So that's been one that they've been trying to buy. Uh, also, so really what you're saying, then, uh, they're studios, that these are professional businesses. They're not um, 
personal investors or angel investors? Or- so there's those and there's those ones. And then the last one that I was going to say is are people who have too much money <laughs> that they yeah. don't know what to do. <laughs> um, right. No, no, no. They're, they're very smart businessmen who are looking to find the most um, success from a new industry. Because as much as the app industry has exploded, it's only been around since 2008. If you think about that versus, say, the car industry, which has been around since the early late 1800s, early 1900s, just think about the comparison there. And how far cars have been versus how far apps have been. Yeah, so I'm almost thinking like, so, so for example, you know, these are the people that uh, have maybe had successful careers, built up quite a bit of cash flow. Uh, they're not particularly enjoying uh, having investments on the stock market for their retirement. Uh, they want to get into apps. They read all about the success stories. Uh, and where better to go to a marketplace like yourself and spend some of that cash. Uh, and so maybe they're not developers, but they are seasoned uh, investors or you know other industries and uh, that want to get into the game is that that is that pretty much uh, what you're saying exactly so savvy business people who then know how to better monetize the apps that's kind of going back to what i was talking about they'll find the gems that are getting consistent downloads or having a very high <clears throat> excuse me uh total current install rate um on on Apple, you can't see how many current installs you have. On Google, you can. Um, but so being able to compare that and then being able to monetize that and being able to apply their business knowledge and know-how to um, a business that would otherwise just be at that sort of average or low level and bringing it up to be a glorious app. And just as a final parting thought, I just actually something came to mind, which is if I'm an app entrepreneur out there and, you know, I need a little bit of extra cash, maybe it's worth uh, hooking up with some of these people, uh, approaching them through Twitter or LinkedIn and offering guidance and consultancy because these people are not going to know the underlying code. Uh, They're not going to know uh, a lot of the nitty gritty, which they will need uh, if they're going to make an investment. And, And I'm sure that they're actually willing to pay uh, consultancy uh, fees to f- figure this stuff out. A hundred percent. That goes back again to how I was saying that sometimes buyers will work out with sellers, not as part of the acquisition itself, but after the fact and say, hey, if I want to hire you to do updates and to do tweaks, can I do so? And I've never heard a developer turned down work. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So I, if you're an indie app developer listening to this, then uh, I suggest get getting um, going through your marketplace and just trying to um, see some of the buyers uh, and approach these people. And if you you know if you're listening to this and you, you've had a go on the app store and you haven't made much money, which is, is a lot a lot of people, then uh, maybe the route to um, a successful career in, in, as an app entrepreneur is to is to sell your skill and talents uh, as a a premium to these investors. Yeah, pretty much. So if you're, if you end up in a conversation with someone who's interested in your apps on your, on the listings on the site, that would be a great way to go about it as well. Um, We definitely have a lot of consistent big buyers. Um, I'm thinking I can think of a dozen or so off the top of my head that, regularly come onto the site and we'll spend anywhere from $10,000 to $100,000 and just regularly trying to buy up the really amazing apps that are out there to either 
continue getting the revenue and just growing it um, beyond that or monetizing it correctly so that they can have a successful app. Well, it's a, a giant casino in a way. <laughs> so <laughs> but that is called the stock market. That's actually the ultimate casino. So uh, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, well, this is wonderful, Tess. You've given us so many good ideas, and I'm going to put um, links to the things that we've mentioned and to Aptopia on episode two eight six of theappguy.co. Uh, how best can we uh, reach out and connect with you personally? If um, you know, what's the best way of getting in touch? Um, so you can reach out to us either via our uh, Twitter feed, which you can use at Aptopia, or if you want to talk to me directly, you can use at Tess Rachel. Um, you can find me there on Twitter. Uh, or you can simply email us at support at Aptopia.com, and I'll make sure that we take care of you guys, especially if you guys mention the App Guy podcast. Sorry, is that your maiden name, is it? Uh, Rachel? No, no, it's my middle name. Oh, okay, so, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great okay so that's um again I'll, I'll put links to those uh on the show notes thank you very much tess for joining us on the app guide podcast all the best with uh, aptopia uh, every time i see you uh, i look at what could have been for me and uh, wasn't <laughs> uh, but i'm just so thankful that the whole thing took off because it, it, it's just it's obviously a, a massive need for the marketplace so uh, thanks for bringing us such a wonderful uh service and uh, helping so many app entrepreneurs thanks for having me are you a fan of the App Guy podcast? And if so, are you an app entrepreneur? Well, I've got a podcast that is just coming out. It's brand new. It's called App Store Launch Stories. And you can find more by going to appstorelaunch.me. That is appstorelaunch.me. You can also subscribe there if you can't find it in your podcasting app. And uh, I asked for feedback. This is the kind of feedback I've already got, but I want your feedback as well. Uh, these are the questions that uh, you want me to put to the guests. Uh, what is the... Uh, release cycle that you are uh, launching and uh, what locations are you launching in uh, are you doing an alpha or a, a beta before a launch uh, where do you want to be in a, a one week or two weeks time uh, one month even uh, or even 12 months uh, what is the competition like for you uh, how are you differentiating yourself uh, how are you making things better what what um, uh, are the customer opportunities that you're, you're trying to get uh, and also I asked the question, what uh, part of someone else's app launch is of most interest to you? And people have been saying, well, it's actually the marketing. Um, how do you get onto blogs? How do you get into places like TechCrunch? Um, if uh, you've got a lot of downloads, how did you get these? How did you acquire them? What tools, what analytics are you using to measure? And uh, do you want me to get uh, more specific on this app? Uh, store launch podcast or would you prefer it a bit more like the app guy podcast where it's higher level well um, people are basically saying they want more specifics they want to uh, find out how these app entrepreneurs are launching how they're getting press how they're making their apps go viral uh, what are the ad strategies so uh, a lot of questions i would love your feedback uh, you can see uh, if you go to my website for this podcast you'll see a link uh, that you can uh, use to provide me with more feedback and this will actually go into the show so really seeking your feedback and also you need to subscribe uh, thank you very much and uh, look forward to releasing this new podcast